leave bound, sick or lame today. Father, we give you praise and glory for who you are. In Jesus' mighty name, the church says amen and amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord today. How many is glad to be in the house of the Lord this morning? Amen. Amen. Those that's going to class, feel free to do so. I want to take us straight to the word of the Lord this morning. I'm going to talk fast, so you listen fast, okay? I know what time it is, and I'm going to be aware of that. But I want to speak into your life just for a few moments this morning. I want to, I did not give Landon this passage of scripture, but I, if he can grab it real quick, Proverbs 21 and 20, Proverbs 21 and 20, that's where we're going to start from today, uh, but I'm going to just take us on a journey. I do feel like God wants to do something, he is doing something in this house right now, but I believe before we leave in the next few moments that God is going to visit some individuals in this house in a very unique way and if the Lord would help me for just a few moments I've got a whole series in front of me so I'm going to try to give you a series in I'm not even going to say how long because everybody calls me out when I say I got a call the other day and said you didn't do it in 35 minutes and I said of you it would be you that was counting and it wasn't even anybody in this room. But they said, after you said it, we just thought we'd start a timer and you didn't do it. And I said, well, you can't count my closings and you can't call it the altar. So you gotta, you got to count just the, the context of the message. So, but, uh, so, but that's all right, okay? So uh, if God is in it, it'll be all right. So, but Proverbs 21, verse 20, it says, There is oil in the house of the wise. There is oil in the house of the wise. Now, notice with me. There is treasure to be desired and oil in the dwelling of the wise, but a foolish man spendeth it up. Or it could be translated, but a foolish man leaves it unattended or wastes it. I want to talk to you for a few moments this morning on the keeper of the oil. Now, there is much that can be said about oil, but I want to take us on a journey through Scripture uh, concerning David and a gentleman by the name of Joash. Now, in your Bibles, in 1 Chronicles, chapter number 27, 25 through 34, is where the gist of this message is coming from. Uh, but before we get there, let me just run us through very quickly. We could talk about many things concerning King David. We can look at his life of 70 years, and man, what a what a power-packed life it was. It was a life of victories. It was also a life of defeat. It was a life of struggle. It was a life of many things. 
whatever you have experienced in life up to this point, there was a time in David's life that he experienced it. But we find that he was born in a specific time for a specific purpose, just like you and I. But there was a mandate on his life, and we know that he was born during the reign of Saul. He was, Saul had been king for 10 years, roughly, when David was born. And then we know that Saul was displeasing to the Lord. And Samuel the prophet is, is overwhelmed with grief and weeping and crying. And the Lord speaks to him and says, I have found someone that I want you to anoint to be king. And he said, I want you to go down to Jesse's house, and I want you to anoint one of his sons. And you know that story. And we find that Jesse begins to parade all of his sons through, and, and the prophet says, surely it's this one. And they said, no, don't look on the outward, but look on the heart. And everybody comes through, and it's like none of these are the right ones. And he said, do you not have any other children, Jesse? And he said, well, I do have one boy. He's out in the field. He's tending sheep. He said, well, we're not going to sit down until he gets here. He was just a young lad, 10, 11 years old, out in the field with the sheep. But when he comes in, the Lord says, that's him. And David, at that moment in time, experienced a horn of oil that was poured over him. And the Lord began to minister to him in a very unique fashion. If you was to read Psalms 89 and 20, you would read these words. It says, I have found David my servant with my holy oil. I have anointed him. And we find that David been anointed with oil. He goes back out into the field tending his father's sheep. And all of these things begins to transpire. And you know it, the stories of David. There was a lion that appeared, but he grabbed that lion by the beard and smote him. There was a bear that appeared. He smote him. But then at the age of about 17 years old, he was commissioned by his father to go check on his brother that was fighting in the army of Israel. And when he arrived, he hears this booming voice of a man by the name of Goliath who was a giant in his day, and he was defying the armies of God. And we find that he says, who is this uncircumcised Philistine that would defy the armies of God? And everybody's shrieking back in fear. But a 17-year-old boy that had experienced oil, he said, I'll go fight him. And as he walked out and Saul says, well, put all of this on. And he puts it on. He said, none of this really feels right. But he said, let me, let me just go down to the brook for a moment and get me five smooth stones. And he puts them in his shepherd bag. And he walks back. And he says to that Goliath, he says, you come to me with a, with, with a spear. You, you come to me with, with authority of man. But I come to you in the authority of God. What he was simply saying is this, I've come to you covered in oil. And he says, the Lord will give you into my hand today. Tell your neighbor without delay. Can I tell you all of my notes has already gone out the window, but that's all right. We are in a place this morning where we need to understand this, this life that we read of 
David fights Goliath. Well, we come and we find that then Saul begins to be jealous because he begins to hear this. Saul kills his thousands, but David kills his ten thousands. And then we find that Saul's hatred comes and he wants to take his life. And we find David still covered in oil, but finds himself in a cave with men that the world has rejected and said was of no value and all of these things. And you can read of all of this throughout the book of First Chronicles. First Chronicles and Second Chronicles basically is the retelling of the first 12 books prior to that. It really is also a tale of the book of Samuel again. But First Chronicles really just deals with David and the reign of David. And we find that the first nine chapters of First Chronicles is all of the genealogy. And you got to have a brain to understand all of that. And I struggle with some of that. But it's important. You just got to take the time to go through it. And then you find that when you go through the genealogies uh, of the first nine chapters, you begin to find who belongs to who and where everything fits in. But then you find that when you get to the verses, uh, chapters 10 through 12, it begins to deal with when David is anointed and made king. Then as you begin to read a little further, and this is where it really begins, in my opinion, the most important time in David's life. As he's getting to the latter part, he's fought great battles, had great victories. He's experienced many things. But then when you get to chapter number 17, after 13 through 16, after the return of the Ark of the Covenant, so he so desired to be in the presence of God in this season. Chapter number 17, it says that he purposed in his heart to build the temple. He longed for there to be a dwelling place, a permanent place for the presence of God. But the Lord refused David and his request to build. And he said, David, you have shed so much blood. I cannot permit you to build a house, but I will honor you. And I will permit your son Solomon. He will be a man of peace. And I will permit him to build this house that you're desiring. And we find that in chapter number 22, David begins to prepare in abundance for something that he could not build. But he understood. He said, in order for my son, the next generation to be successful, I need to take responsibility in the moment that I have now. And he begins to prepare in abundance the house of the Lord. You could say it this way, he began to equip another generation. And as he began to go through this, he desired the temple to be exceedingly magnificent. And nothing had ever been built along the lines that David foresaw of this house of the Lord being. And he knew this temple would replace the tent and therefore he knew that no longer would there be a need to have a temporary structure because the tent was always moving, it was always shifting, and, and there was responsibilities of the Levites and the priests and others that was consumed with much labor and much taxing effort because of that structure. And he simply said this, there is getting ready to be a change take place. It's never going to be like it was. 
but the people of God is going to have a permanent house where he is going to dwell. So therefore, I am going to lay up in abundance everything my son's going to need, but also I am going to begin to bring restructuring to those that have served in the house of the Lord. And we find when you get to chapter 23, he begins to give new directions to the Levites because their task was going to change drastically. He then read in chapter 24, he begins to organize the priest. He says, your responsibilities and duties are going to look different than they ever have. But then you bring us to chapter 25 through 27 where he begins to organize further and he begins to make ready for the future. What you could really say is David had vision. I'm so thankful this morning that there's still vision in the house of God. But we find as he begins to go, he was leaving nothing undone and he was putting everything and everyone in their correct position according to the wisdom and knowledge that he had so that the temple could successfully be completed. But when you get to chapter number 27, we find that some of the most loyal men of David was given new assignments. They was experiencing much shifting and changing and oh what a time this must have been as he began to number them and began to call them into place and he begins to give this and for the sake of time I won't read it but you can read first chronicles 27 25 through 34 he begins to call all of these men that's been loyal to him and he says to the son of Adele he says I'm going to put you over the king's treasure and then he begins to speak to the son of Caleb and he says I'm going to let you be over the worker of the field and the tillage and he said I'm going to let this one be over the storehouses and the cities and and, and I'm going to give you this uh, responsibility and and one of the excitement must have been these men are saying man the the, the king is choosing me to be in a place of supreme authority. All of this is under my care. And Joash, who was a man that was the chief of the house, he was second in line, man, when it comes to being a mighty man of valor and war. And he comes along and he says, oh, by the way, Joash, I've got a special assignment for you. I need you. Don't miss this now. I need you to be the keeper of the sellers of oil. Now you talk about a little bit of deflating mindset in that moment. I have served you, I have fought with you, I have been with you, and I'm still with you, but now you're wanting to put me in a damp, dark cellar to keep oil. But David understood that what was getting ready to happen, nothing could take place unless there was oil present. Hear me, just stay with me. I'm gonna run through this real quick. We're talking about olive oil. And let me just remind you very quickly that olive oil in that day was a precious commodity. Oil was used for everything. You see, there could not be a meat offering offered, according to Leviticus chapter 2, unless there was oil. That means there was no way that we could make an atonement for past sins unless there was oil present. 
The meat offering was created with grain and a few other things for those that was poverty stricken that could not offer a animal. And therefore, he said, I'll make a substitution because there's a debt that has to be offered and paid and you don't have the means to meet it. Can I tell you, there was a debt that we owed that we did not have the ability to pay, but because of Christ, we can sit here this morning and say that we're saved and on our way to heaven. But there was no meat offering if there wasn't any oil. There was no trespass offering if there wasn't any oil, Leviticus chapter seven, meaning this, if somebody did something secretly and fell out of the will of God and and got out of alignment of the law, that listen, there was no way to cover private sins at all unless there was oil that was present. For the one that had encountered leprosy, there was no ceremonial cleansing possible unless there was oil present. Didn't matter what the skin looked like. Didn't matter if it looked like everything was healed up. Didn't matter look like if you felt good. But listen, there was no possible way to come back into the city and to be reunited with your family uh, and with those that you did life with unless there was oil. Does it stop there? There could be no anointing ritual for the ones that was entering into the priesthood because there had to be oil present. No kings could be anointed unless there was oil. But it goes further. There could be no illuminating light in the temple at that time or the tent at that time, nor was there ever going to be able to be an illuminating light in the temple that was going to be built unless there was oil for the menorah. Didn't matter that the brazen altar was out front. Didn't matter that there was a table of shoe bread. Didn't matter that there was a, that there was a veil. Uh, didn't matter. All of that stuff was, was of no effect until there was oil in the house. And while maybe those around Joash began to snicker and laugh and make fun, said, you've done all of these things, but look, I'm the keeper of the cattle. I'm the keeper of the flock. I've got over the king's treasure, but now Joash is going down into the cellar and he's defending and protecting and keeping the oil. Ever in the world standard, it didn't make any sense. Uh, it looked like, oh, he's putting out of sight, out of mind. Uh, but David had an urgency in his spirit. Uh, he said, I got Make sure I put somebody that's trustworthy. I, I got to make sure I got somebody that's strong and mighty and powerful uh, that can keep the oil uh, because there is something uh, that my son Solomon is about to build uh, and it's not going to be able to be effective uh, unless there is oil. Uh, can I tell you uh, in our culture today, uh, we've built some amazing facilities. Uh, we've done some amazing things, uh, but if it's not careful, uh, it's just just all empty uh, and it's all about this man's kingdom and that man's kingdom. Uh, this ministry, that ministry, none of it reflects the kingdom of God. Uh, but thus be to God this morning, uh, I'm so thankful uh, that in the midst of everything, uh, there's been some keepers of the oil. Uh, I know that the world hasn't seen you. Uh, I know you've not got the attaboys of men. Uh, I know that there's not been many accolades laid upon you. Uh, but can I tell you, uh, 
that when there is oil in the house, the Lord's eyes is upon you. And it doesn't matter what others say or do, but can I tell you this morning, we are in a time and a season where I believe we need to hear the word of the Lord. Joash, he was a Benjamite, and he was chosen to be the seller of the oil, over the sellers of oil. And we today must understand how important it was. He was simply saying, Joash, you got to keep the oil. You got to safeguard the oil. You got to protect the oil. You got to defend it. You got to be found faithful. I'm going to put you there and you can't leave. He said, not only do I need you to care for it, meaning this, I need you to make sure that nothing gets in it. Nothing waters it down. Nothing affects it. It's got to stay in its pure form. He said, you got to make sure that it's right for the religious activity. You got to make sure it's right so that the lamps will burn without flickering. You got to make sure it's right so that people can prepare their food properly. Oh, and can I just throw this in there? You got to make sure that it stays right so that people can have the cosmetology that they need to make sure they look beautiful. Yes, that's in your Bible. So those guys have been preaching on makeup. They got a little explaining to do. Lord, I'm telling you is this. He was saying everything that you need results from the oil being in pure form. And he says, listen, you got to make sure that it's cared for. But he said, you got to stay faithful, son. I know you're going to be in some damp conditions, some dark conditions. You're going to be in some places that nobody else really wants to visit. But you got to stay faithful. But he says, also, you got to safeguard it. He said, there are going to be people that are going to come in, try to kill it, try to steal it, try to destroy it. But I know that you're a mighty man of valor. I know that you're somebody I can count on. Can I tell you, you intercessors that's been praying and you feel like it's not doing anything, can I tell you, you've just been the keeper of the oil. Listen, as you've been keeping the oil, the Lord has not ignored you, but he has favored you and you just don't understand it just yet. But listen, he gets to a place where he says, I gotta stay caring for, I gotta stay faithful, and I got to make sure that I safeguard the king's oil. And now we find it was something that was unnoticed by most. It was times of uncomfortable, but in the midst of everything, we read where Joash was faithful to the call. And in the midst of being faithful, we find that it was setting the stage for something that was about to happen. Through this time, notice with me, he said, I will not defile my garment, but I will be faithful to the king. Can I tell you this morning, in a world that's going crazy, in a world that's out of control, we cannot afford to ignore the oil, but the oil of the Lord is still something that's got to be cared for, it's got to be safeguarded, it's got to be protected in this season. You will read of a story in scripture, Revelation chapter number three. You read of a a church in Sardis. The word of the Lord was simply telling them, be watchful, strengthen that which remains. But that church of Sardis was in a city called Sardis. And that city sat on a plateau 1,500 feet high. It was a 
city that was strong. It was a city that was powerful. It was a city that was a safe haven. Nobody was able to penetrate it, but that city found itself in war. They began to retreat and go back. The king and the people of that city, they ran into it thinking, nobody can get us here. But one particular night, King Cyrus, one of his men, they saw a soldier setting up there that become complacent, that become un- that become comfortable, that become no not so focused, and he dropped his helmet and it fell off the wall. You can read this in history, and you find that there was a secret passageway, and this enemy soldier saw this soldier get off the wall of the city of Sardis, and he went down this secret passageway, retrieved his helmet, put it back on his head, took his rightful post, but then they all went to sleep. They said, oh, we're safe here. No reason for anybody to be watching. But the enemy was watching, and at nighttime, the enemy's army came walking up that secret passageway, and they destroyed that city. But can I tell you, they also destroyed the church in that city because the church did not remain watchful. Can I tell you, there's a lot of people that's not been watchful this morning, but I'm thankful that there is a few that is still watching. I'm still thankful that there's still some Joe Ashes in the cellar of oil. I sound a little loud. Turn me down just a little bit this morning, please. I hear you this morning when the Bible tells us, oh, keep going, and the world says, oh, just stop. It's a pull and a tug. But this morning, I want you to hear the word of the Lord. David understood if Solomon's going to do what he needs to be done, uh, then there's got to be somebody uh, that makes sure uh, that there's oil that is present. Uh, I'm trying to hurry this morning. Uh, We find uh, that for those that have remained faithful, uh, I feel like the Lord gave me a word for you this morning. Uh, And this isn't just an easy word uh, to tickle your ears. Uh, But for those of you that's been found faithful, uh, when I say faithful, I mean those. Uh, that's faithfully went to the house of God, uh, for those that's faithfully went to the prayer closet, uh, for the one that has faithfully gave tithes and offering, uh, for the one that's been counted faithful uh, in their heart, been turned towards God. Uh, there's about to be a shift that comes uh, in the next few months uh, that's getting ready to absolutely bring uh, about an aroma of the oil of the Lord. Uh, you see right now uh, in the midst of the cellar, uh, there's an abundance of oil, uh, not a whole lot on the surface, uh, but there was something that was about to be erected on the landscape of time. Uh, It was called Solomon's Temple. Uh, It increased probably over $6 billion to build it, Uh, maybe more even now. Uh, It was layered in gold. Uh, It was something that was magnificent to look at, Uh, but inside there, uh, there had to be something uh, to make everything be like it was. Uh, and if you was to flip over into your Bible, uh, after the building of the temple, uh, Solomon begins to pray in Second Chronicles chapter number five. Uh, and he begins to pray to God. Uh, all of a sudden, the elders of Israel uh, begins to get in line. Uh, the priests and the Levites begin to take their rightful place. Uh, they begin to take uh, the Ark of the Covenant, getting ready to put it in the oracle of the house. Uh, but in the midst of everything, uh, 
before anything like that ever really transpired, uh, there began to be an untold number of sacrifices of animals uh, that began to be offered. Uh, all of a sudden, uh, after the completing of the temple uh, in the construction period was over, uh, there was a call from Solomon. Uh, I need uh, somebody uh, to get Joash uh, and tell him uh, it's a time to release some oil uh, because there's some sacrifices uh, at a level that's never been before. Uh, nobody's ever seen it like this before. Uh, he ain't just send us a little dab. Uh, he gonna have to send us some buckets of oil. Uh, so we find that oil begins to come out of the cellar. Uh, all of a sudden, uh, a smell begins to change the atmosphere. Uh, all of a sudden, the flame of fire begins to be heard. Uh, the crackling of wood begins to be heard. Uh, but in the midst of everything, uh, there begins to be an aroma. Uh, this aroma is the oil. Uh, what in the world's going on? Uh, oh, there's sacrifices everywhere. Uh, all of a sudden, we find the Levites and the priests uh, begin to take their position. Uh, and all of a sudden, they're walking. Uh, they got the Ark of the Covenant on their shoulder. Uh, they walk into the oracle of the house. Uh, they walk into a house. It was not dark. Uh, they didn't have Duke Energy or REMC. Uh, but somebody already went into that temple. Uh, somebody already filled that menorah. Uh, and the flames was dancing. Uh, oh, what a sight it must have been. Uh, dancing off the walls that was layered with gold. Uh, there was a reflection. Uh, but in the midst of it, they take and put this ark down. Uh, and they sit down and they pull the staffs out of it. Uh, all of a sudden, they come out from behind the veil. Uh, and we find uh, that something begins to change. Uh, all of a sudden, uh, the word of the Lord uh, begins to give us a clear picture. Uh, it says that because the oil is burning, uh, the menorah is flashing. Uh, all of a sudden, uh, all those years that Joash uh, had been faithful in the cellar, uh, everybody even probably forgot about him at times. Uh, but there was something on the surface now uh, that had been underneath. Uh, and there was about to be the presence of Almighty God uh, on a level uh, that they had never known before. Uh, in the midst of everything, uh, after the staffs is pulled out, the Ark of the Covenant's in the oracle of the house, uh, it says that the glory of the Lord uh, come into the house uh, and the priest was not able to perform their duties, uh, but they laid down. Uh, can I tell you, uh, there would have never been glory uh, if there hadn't been oil. Uh, there never been uh, an event uh, take place like it did on that day uh, in Second Chronicles chapter 5 if there wasn't a Joash that was faithful in the midst of the oil. Can I tell you there is times and places in life where the enemy says you don't really need the oil. Young people you hear me in this house. What you need right now is a fresh outpouring of the Holy Spirit of God. You don't need religion. You just need an encounter with the Holy Spirit of God. I, I, I want us to hear this morning. He simply said this. He says, I want you, Joash, to be steadfast in keeping this oil because he said this oil is the source that brings remission to sin. This oil is what brings healing to others. This oil is what brings a birthing of ministry. This oil is what makes the menorah shine. This oil is what makes things begin to burn that God receives. This oil, it is what takes and fulfills uh, 
and brings beauty back to humanity. This morning, the world would tell you, take the Holy Spirit, put him in a corner somewhere, and if somebody really wants to talk to him, take him there. But can I tell you, those of you that's been the keeper of the oil, you haven't let complacently steal it. You haven't let apathy steal it. You have not let popularity steal it, but you stayed faithful. And I tell you, there is a reward that's coming. And the reward is that there's about to be a fresh flow of the oil. Can I preach this thing just for a couple of moments? I want you to hear me. Just like David, in a time of preparing, there was a time of building that followed. But after the building was completed, all of a sudden there was a time for the oil to flow. I'm here to tell you the fathering, the forefathers that was before us, they began to make preparation for us. They said, you gotta keep keepers of the flame. You gotta keep the oil. You gotta keep it burning bright. And we've done that to the best of our ability. But can I tell you in this season, I hear the Lord saying, not only are now you a keeper of the flame, but you're about to carry the flame and put it upon a generation that's about to experience me and all of my glory. Notice, I heard the Lord say in my spirit that we are entering into a time of completion. I said, God, what in the world? And he took me on this journey and I was taken back to the prophet Isaiah. I'm gonna close it out real quick. Isaiah 42, verses five through nine. Thus saith the Lord, uh, he that created the heavens and stretcheth them out, uh, he that spread uh, forth the earth and that which cometh out of it, uh, he that giveth breath unto the people upon it, uh, and spirit to them that walk therein, uh, the Lord has called thee in righteousness. and will hold thy hand, and he will keep you and give for you a covenant of the people for a light of the Gentiles. Notice this though, to open the blind eyes, to bring out the prisoners from the prison, and them that sit in darkness out of the prison house. He said, I am the Lord, that is my name, and my glory will I not give to another, neither my praise to graven images. Behold, the former thing Things are come to pass, and new things do I declare before they spring forth. I tell you of them. I just come to be a mouthpiece this morning to tell you that there is about to be a resurfacing of oil. Listen, David understood. I got to lay up abundance of a lot of things, but one thing that I have to make sure is, and notice it didn't just say a seller of oil. It says sellers. Uh, He was saying this, I got to have multiple storehouses of oil. Uh, He said there is something that's about to take place uh, where there's going to be an abundance needed. Uh, And listen, uh, Isaiah 43 says, verse number one and two, first of all, he says, but now thus saith the Lord that created thee, O Jacob, uh, and he that formed thee, O Israel, uh, fear not, uh, for I have redeemed thee, I have called thee by thy name, thou art 
mine. Uh, when you pass through the waters, uh, I will be with you. Uh, and through the rivers, they shall not overflow thee. Uh, when thou walkest through the fire, thou shalt not be burned, uh, neither shall the flame kindle upon you. Uh, but now verse number 16 through 21. Uh, Thus saith the Lord, which maketh a way in the sea, uh, and a path in the mighty waters, uh, which bringeth forth the chariot and horse, the army and the power. They shall lie down together. They shall not rise. Uh, they are extinct. Uh, they are quenched as told. Remember ye not the former things, uh, neither consider the things of old. Uh, behold, uh, I will do a new thing. Uh, now it shall spring forth. Uh, shall ye not know it? Uh, I will even make a way in the wilderness uh, and rivers in the desert. Uh, the beast of the field shall honor me, the dragons and the owls, uh, because I give water in the wilderness uh, and rivers in the desert uh, to give drink to my people, my chosen. This people have I formed for myself. Uh, they shall show forth my praise. Uh, can I tell you this morning, uh, the smell of oil is returning uh, to the house of God. Uh, Joash, uh, you have not labored in vain, uh, even though the world hasn't seen you, uh, hasn't acknowledged you, uh, but you're getting ready to experience something uh, that many have always wanted to, but never really got to. Uh, but we're in a place right now, uh, we're out of the abundance uh, of the sellers of God. Uh, there is bottles of oil uh, that's getting ready to be made manifest. Uh, and for a generation that's 30 years and younger, you hear me, uh, they have been birthed uh, to house uh, this oil. Uh, your labor has not been in vain, uh, but we have been working. Uh, we've been laboring. Uh, our garments may be tattered and torn this morning. Uh, we may be weak in body. Uh, we may have some oil stains on our clothes, uh, but can I tell you, uh, God is about to let us reemerge out of the cellar, uh, out of the place of obscurity, uh, out of the place where men did not understand where we was at uh, and even why we were doing it. Uh, even the religious folks said there ain't no need for that anymore. Uh, we're above that. Uh, but some of you have been working. Uh, some of you have been safeguarding. Uh, some of you have been down in that cellar. Uh, you went in there and you've laid on your face. Uh, and you said, I can't let anything come near it. Uh, I can't let anything destroy it. Uh, you didn't really know what you was doing. Uh, but there's a generation of 30 and younger uh, that God says, I've known you by name. Uh, I knew you before I formed you in the womb of your mother. Uh, and I've got a plan and a purpose for you. Uh, and he said, uh, they're the temple. Listen, I know Solomon's temple was a natural temple, uh, but there's a spiritual temple. Uh, listen, he said, I'm coming back for a glorious church. Uh, what you can say is this, I'm coming back for a generation uh, that is filled with oil. Uh, I'm coming back for a generation uh, that has a menorah in it uh, that is burning and flickering bright. Uh, I'm about to preach this morning. Uh, can I tell you, uh, you may think this isn't important, but when this is on you, you can kill a devil, you can kill a lion, you can kill a bear, you can take down a Goliath, you can stand in the face of your enemy, and you can be victorious. If you're 30 and younger, I want you to join me in the front of this building right now. Just form a line right here. See what happens is, we've been fighting, we've been laboring, we've been working. Some of you been in the, been in the cellar, 
you, you've been calling out to God and you say, man, I don't even know if anybody's hearing me. But can I tell you, I want to talk to this generation just for a moment. Those of you that are sitting down, uh, you are not you're not exempt from the move of God that's getting ready to take place. Uh, I'm not saying that at all. But I'm here to tell you this morning that because of some of your labors, some of you old saints, and I say that with the best respect that I can, because unfortunately we all are old, all right? Don't be so sensitive. But we're old. But we've been faithful. Even when it looked like nothing was happening. And what you was doing, you was down there keeping this oil. Now, now some of you are really making me feel old because I see all of you up here and I was like, man, I remember when I was that age. But see, now, Joash, you got oil. Now you need to come and you need to make sure that it's positioned correctly. And you need to make sure that this temple is filled with oil because this temple is getting ready to house the glory of God like Israel had never saw. Now, the tent was, in, was, was put together and it moved with them and all of those things. But it had never been on this fashion before. Notice with me, in Solomon's temple, the Levites had different responsibility that they'd ever had before. The priest had different responsibilities that they ever had before. The king had different responsibilities than they ever had before. And now all of everything was different. The only thing that wasn't different was the oil. It had passed from generation to generation to generation. This generation, please hear me. When oil is in the house, you're wise. But when you waste it, you're foolish. You cannot afford to be foolish. You cannot afford to waste this that God has given this generation just because you want to become complacent or full of apathy or you want to become worldly or because you want to not live a life of holiness. Listen, you will waste this oil and you will miss what God has. But if you take this oil and you walk in the things of God, you're getting ready to turn a world upside down. You hear me this morning. I want some of you. Sister Vonda, would you come and help me this morning? Sister Gloria, would you come and help me this morning? Brother Larry, would you come and help me this morning? Brother Warren, would you come and help me this morning? I'm going to put some of y'all on the spot today. See, we're just a generation that's been caring for the seller of oil. But now, here's what I want to ask you to do. We're just going to take this oil. I won't cover you with a horn of it like Samuel did David. But I believe this oil. And this is... This oil is, it's just oil. We understand that. But the symbolic meaning of it. That's why the word of the Lord says in James chapter 5, anointing them with oil, praying the prayer of faith, that healing comes. Because what we're saying is this, we're putting all of our trust and faith in God. But there is a, there is a 
reserve of oil because what, we, what you see up here this morning is a representation of Joash. People that's been in the cellar, people that's said we're not going to let it die on our watch, we're not going to let it be abandoned on our watch, we're not going to let it be stolen on our watch. But it's not ours to keep this morning. But we've just been preserving it. We've been caring for it. Because just like David knew, Solomon is going to build it. God's going to take pleasure in it. But in order for it to be what it needs to be, it's got to have the aroma of oil. So today, I want you to stand all over this house with us today. You can put me some box music on if you want back there, Ryan. Sister May, Sister Mary Lou, Sister Geneva, if you fill up to it, you older saints, I want you to come, and I want you to just come to the front, and I'm just, we're going to just begin to pray. Sister Blanche, where are you at? Some of you women of God, mighty women of God in this house, I, there's, I, I consider many of you to be mighty. All of you are, have, have the ability to turn the world upside down, but we're getting ready to share with a generation. They haven't, they haven't lived long enough to labor over it like we have. They haven't lived long enough to know what it is to really stay down in that cellar, not for a day, but for seven days and 20 days and 40 days and all of those things. But right now, I want you to stretch your hands this way. Those of you that's with me up here, I just want you to walk through and I want you to just lay your hands on them, pray for them, follow the leading of the Spirit. And we're going to believe and trust God right now. I'm believing some of you young people in this room, maybe you've never had an encounter with the Holy Spirit of God, maybe never been filled by the Holy Spirit of God. I'm believing today can be your day because I believe that there is an outpouring that God wants to do in this house right now. I want us to pray right now. Father, in the name of Jesus. Lord, as we just anoint this generation, I just want you to begin to walk through and anoint. Father, today, these young people, these young men, these young women, these young adults, Father, as we just anoint them today, Lord, we're just believing and trusting right now for the outpouring of the Holy Spirit of God to rest upon them. Lord, let the oil begin to flow in this temple. Uh, Lord, just like it did in Solomon's temple. Uh, Lord, we've been keepers of the oil, but Lord, right now we know you're desiring for the oil to flow. Uh, and Father, as we just anoint them, uh, Lord, I'm believing and trusting right now, uh, Lord, for an outpouring of the Holy Spirit of God to take place. Uh, Lord, I pray right now in this very moment of time, uh, Lord, that there would just be, uh, Lord, uh, just an escalation of your anointing upon their lives. Uh, everything that would so easily beset them, uh, every weight that would bog them down from being that which you've called them to be. Lord, I pray right now, Lord, that you would just uh, raise this generation up in power and authority. Uh, Lord, let them not be weary in well-doing. Uh, but, Father, as they stand uh, in the front of this building today, uh, Lord, I just speak a word of release over them. Uh, I just speak right now, Lord, by the power of the Holy Spirit of God, uh, Lord, to rest mightily upon them. Uh, Lord, every lie of the enemy, uh, every attack of the enemy, uh, Lord, we come against that today, uh, and we decree and declare 
declare, uh, Lord, uh, that there would just be victory, uh, that there would be outpouring of Holy Spirit. Uh, I speak a word of release over this family, uh, over this couple, over this ministry. Uh, Father, today, uh, Lord, raise them up uh, to reach a generation. Uh, Lord, I pray right now for the abundance uh, of the power of the Holy Spirit to abound upon them. Uh, Lord, we are standing here today uh, giving transfer of oil, uh, transfer of anointing. Uh, Lord, I pray right now no spirit of fear would be found, uh, but Lord, that there would just be an embracing uh, of the call of God. Uh, let them go forth in power and demonstration of your Holy Spirit. Uh, raise them up, uh, anoint them afresh uh, in the mighty name of Jesus. Uh, Lord, I bless my sister this morning. Uh, I speak a word of life over her uh, and her family. Uh, Lord, I just decree and declare right now uh, fresh oil, uh, an abundance of oil. Uh, I speak increase. Uh, I speak blessing. Uh, Lord, I speak favor. Uh, raise them up uh, to reach a generation. Uh, let their voice be heard uh, for the kingdom of God. Uh, Lord, do the work inside of them this morning uh, that needs to be done. Uh, Lord, let them not be weary. Uh, let them not be overwhelmed. Uh, but Lord, let them put their trust in you today. Uh, I thank you for what's coming. Uh, I thank you for what's taking place. Uh, I thank you for the newness of life that's been uh, bringing brought, brought in recent days. But Lord, for that which is just in the horizon, uh, Lord, I speak the joy of the Lord to be her strength. Uh, Lord, raise her up, give her influence today uh, as she continues after you. Uh, in Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' mighty name. Jesus' mighty name. Jesus' mighty name. Oh God, bless these young people as they stand in your presence. Lord, continue to raise them up. Lord, continue to outpour upon them your Holy Spirit. Lord, continue to lead them, guide them, and direct them. Uh, Lord, I pray today, Lord, that you would be their strength, uh, that you would be their source. Uh, let them not go to the right or to the left, uh, but Lord, let them stand steadfast uh, in that which you have for them and in their lives. Uh, Lord, I decree and declare right now, uh, increase of anointing. Uh, increase of influence uh, Lord I pray that you would anoint them uh, to reach a generation uh, join them together uh, Lord not just by a marriage vow in a few weeks uh, but Lord join their spirits together uh, knit their hearts together uh, for kingdom purposes uh, and kingdom advancement uh, Lord we'll give you the praise and the glory for it today in Jesus mighty name Lord I bless the people of God this morning Lord, as they stand in your presence, these women of God, Lord, this man of God, Lord, I pray right now, Lord, for increase. Uh, I pray right now for the oil. Uh, let the aroma of oil uh, begin to be smelled. Uh, Lord, not just in the church house, but in their home, uh, every avenue of life. Uh, let their influence continue to grow. Uh, Lord, favor them. Uh, Lord, give fresh revelation, uh, fresh knowledge, uh, fresh outpouring of Holy Spirit coming in their life, even now, in this time of transition, Lord. Uh, Lord, I speak increase. Uh, I speak blessing, uh, but most of all I speak uh, for the oil of the Lord to flow uh, uninterrupted. Uh, Lord, knit them together. Uh, raise them up. Uh, let them be a voice for this generation uh, in the mighty name of Jesus. The mighty name of Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Lord, we bless these young people. 
We bless these young ladies today in the name of Jesus. We bless their name today, Lord. Lord, we bless them today. We pray today for these young men. We pray for this young couple today. Lord, I just pray that the Holy Spirit of God would rest mightily upon them. Lord, I pray for newness of the Holy Spirit to abound upon them. Lord, as you knit them together, Lord, let their hearts be knitted together for kingdom purpose. Uh, Lord, use them mightily in this generation. Lord, let them not be weary. Lord, let them not be distracted. Uh, but Lord, in this season, uh, I pray that the oil of the Lord uh, would begin to flow in a manner that it's never flown. Uh, and Father, as we anoint them today, uh, Lord, we're just not anointing them, uh, but we're anointing them for service, uh, for the advancing of the kingdom. Uh, everything uh, that would try to deter them or make them have questions and doubt, uh, Lord, I pray that the oil of the Holy Spirit uh, would flow so mightily uh, that every doubt, uh, every uncertainty, every fear uh, would be removed. Uh, and Lord, that they would see like uh, Isaiah saw you high and lifted up, uh, sitting on the throne. And Father, today I speak a word of release over them. Uh, Lord, I know they've been faithful to your house. I know their heart is turned towards you. Uh, but Lord, I just speak increase, uh, increase of anointing, uh, increase of purpose, uh, increase of desire, uh, increase of passion. Uh, Lord, use them uh, to reach a generation uh, in this very moment of time. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Lord, I pray for this couple today. Lord, I thank you that they're in this house today. Lord, I thank you that you're touching their hearts and calling them forth. Lord, that today I pray that the oil of the Lord would just begin to saturate them. Oh God, I pray that they would be raised up to reach a generation sharing the good news of the gospel. Lord, everything that is trying to destroy and to distract, Lord, we speak and call that to be removed from their lives. But Lord, I pray right now in this season that they would experience you on a level that they've never known. Maybe they've heard. Maybe they saw others. But Lord, right now, I pray they'd get it for themselves. That the oil of the Lord, as we anoint them today, would just begin to flow upon them. That they would receive the power, the anointing of God to go forth a mouthpiece for the kingdom in Jesus mighty name in Jesus mighty name Jesus mighty name Jesus mighty name hallelujah 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 oh we bless your name we bless your name oh we bless your name hallelujah hallelujah Hallelujah. 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 Oh, we love you, Jesus.
everybody. This is Pastor Jade Abrams. I want to thank you for watching today. Feel free to find us on Facebook and Instagram and follow us and get to know us a little better. And we ask that you subscribe if you'd like to this YouTube channel. And don't forget to click the bell for alerts anytime we post something. We love you and we bless you in Jesus' name. Have a good day.